The Daily Tap is live for Friday. It is February 3rd. We will be talking about Giannis's greatness. We'll talk a little bit about Bucks Clippers fallout. We'll also chat about the weekend for the Bucks against the Miami Heat. And then we'll talk about Marquette taking on Butler. And that'll be today's show. It'll be a quick one. Uh, it's late. Uh, we're taping this after Bucks Clippers. Name a podcast that's doing that. You can't. Uh, but we are, and I hope you guys are following us along on social media. If you were, you were with us through the ups and the downs of Bucks Clippers on t- on Tabbing the Keg on Twitter, uh, Tabbing the Keg Sports on Instagram, as well as TikTok. So make sure you're following on all of those. We're also on Facebook if you're still using that platform. We got it. We post there, but mostly just uh, podcasts. But it's an easy way to find out uh, our podcast during the week, and I've been trying to link out the podcast directly. It's paid off. I think you guys have have liked that, so I will continue to do that. Speaking of the podcast, make sure that you are rating and reviewing. It's been a while since we got a review. Uh, would would be a nice way to end our week. Um, also, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, if you're new to the program, I've had a few new Twitter followers. With welcome for checking out the podcast for the first time. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. All right. Let's talk Giannis greatness. Let's talk a little more about the Clippers and the Bucks. Let's talk about the Bucks weekend and then talk about Marquette. I'm excited to do it. Let's get it going. When a actor or actress gets nominated for an Emmy, they always have a reel and they pick an episode where they feel like the actor or actress had been at their best. And if that were the case for the MVP, I think you would submit this game uh, for Giannis Antetokounmpo. There are a lot of games you could submit. But Giannis Antetokounmpo had 54 points and 19 rebounds. Giannis Antetokounmpo outscored Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Giannis Antetokounmpo outscored them in the fourth quarter alone with 20 points. Or the Clippers, excuse me, not just Kawhi and Paul. The entire Clippers team. Giannis's greatness is, there's no ceiling. You know, Michael Jordan once said famously, the ceiling is the roof. There is no fucking roof for Giannis Antetokounmpo right now. He is on another planet. What Giannis has done since coming back from his time off, his injury, has been nothing short of spectacular. It was much needed for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Shaquille O'Neal had mentioned that Giannis Antetokounmpo looked rejuvenated out there after some time off, and that's definitely true. He's averaging 42.2 points per game. He's only playing 33 minutes. He's shooting at a, a clip at about 60%. Giannis is just an absolute pleasure to watch every night. And the fact that he is doing this is special. It is glue to your TV. It's making sure that you are watching and ingesting every Bucks game that you possibly can right now. Because we are witnessing greatness. You know, the, the famous LeBron campaign is he's getting close to breaking Kareem's record. We are witnesses. I feel like that's more true for Giannis than it ever was for LeBron. And I mean, you could say that's crazy to say, and maybe that's me caught up in the moment of tonight, but Giannis is every night, this is it, and it's so much fun to watch. And this win is all on Antetokounmpo. This is not on Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Javon Carter. Wes Matthews gets a little bit of love, but Giannis Antetokounmpo did a lot of this tonight. He put the team on his back, and he wanted to win this game. Whether it was because the Clippers could be a finals opponent, whether it was that the crowd was rocking at a late night start, which was way overblown by the media, where it's like, oh, I can't believe this is a 9 p.m. start. 
dude, it was awesome in there. Give us more 9 p.m. starts. If it's going to be that rocking in there, at least maybe 8 o'clock on Saturdays, I don't know. Just something to think about. Anywho, Giannis pulled this one out for the Bucks. They were down 21 points, and Antetokounmpo never quit. He never gave up, and he told his guys to get on his back because he's going to carry, carry them. And he was exhausted by the end of it. You could tell. He was extremely tired. He was extremely like, I don't know how much I have left in it. That's why I thought we saw a couple more threes out, out of him. But then he figured it out at the very end. He rounded it back into shape, fouled out Zubak. Then you had Kawhi Leonard on him. Yes, Giannis did not score on Kawhi. I had a tweet ready to go. Like, this isn't 2019 anymore, bitch. But I couldn't have, I, I couldn't tweet it out. And uh, Giannis still did okay. I mean, it was a couple possessions. I don't know if you'll see Giannis and Kawhi on each other for more than that in a game. But it, it, was, it was something special, man. And I just, I really, really enjoyed every minute of this game. And it was ugly. It was gross for a while. But Giannis never let the Bucks give in and never let the Bucks wave the white flag. And they always kind of had a little bit of a chance. And the fact that Giannis keeps adding to his arsenal. Yes, a lot of what Antetokounmpo did was taking it right at Zubak, who Sam Van Gundy went from saying Zubak was a great defender on Giannis to, oh, it's probably good that Giannis is out, or that Zubak's out of the game by the end of it, which was absolutely fucking ridiculous. And I stand so tough because I think sometimes he makes some astute points, but he just talks so fucking much. Like, he does not let the moment breathe at all. Like, he he has to interject every time. And I don't know if it's, like, just... I know he's back at this. He's been, well, he's been doing this now for two years, so I don't think I have any leeway there. But, yeah, Giannis went at that, but he also showed some mid-range game. He shot... He ended up shooting eight threes in this game. He only made two. But he that three hit at the end of the third quarter was massive. The crowd... All of a sudden back into it. All of a sudden it's a 10-point game. And the Bucks were starting to creep back into this one. And then they really tightened up defensively with the Clippers only scoring 18 points in the fourth quarter. Just incredible stuff from Anta Nakumbo and the Milwaukee Bucks. You have to, you just have to sort of sit back and be like, okay, this is starting to look like a championship roster. Yes, I understand that. Giannis put everybody on his back and that it was a, you know, something that you probably aren't going to want in the postseason. Uh, but there, this is, the, it was championship basketball at the end of it is what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the Bucks played championship basketball in the fourth quarter in crunch time when it mattered the most. And that's what you have to take away from it. As for the ever-evolving MVP race, which gets talked about too much, it, it really does, but you have to put Giannis into that conversation. Giannis was already in that conversation for Bucks fans. Bucks fans were already there with, with Giannis, but now he needs to be front and center. As Ben Thompson said, who I enjoy following No Tech Ben, 
you know, said people valued spreadsheets over banners when it came to Jokic. And Jokic got more credit for all of his advanced numbers. And the advanced analytics community kind of went too far with Nikola Jokic and still do. Even though Jokic got cooked by Joel Embiid last week. And Embiid made just as much of a case to be MVP as Jokic did and as Giannis is doing right now. Giannis has to be in this conversation. There is no... it's. Jokic and Embiid, and then it's Giannis as an afterthought. The fact that Giannis was ranked second by the ringer for the best players in the NBA is an absolute fucking joke. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo, and it's everybody else. And yes, maybe Giannis won't win MVP every year, but he probably could. And this year is more impressive because of all the injuries. He's had to carry such a load. His usage rate is the highest it's been in his career. And I will guarantee you that his usage rate will go down once Chris Middleton is playing 30 minutes a game and back into the normal rotation. You'll see that usage rate come down and you'll see the Bucs be a very good team. But the fact that the Bucs have held their water, the fact that the Bucs are in second place in the Eastern Conference with basically being healthy for a half a game against Detroit, that's it. It's pretty fucking good, guys. And that's what a most valuable player is. And while there will be a lot of clips of the year and there'll be a lot of memories from this one, the Clippers is going to be in the Mount Rushmore of this season. A couple other things to talk about in terms of the game and in terms of just the performance itself. Take this, for example. Nate Marzan had this. Uh, and Nate's, Nate's a great follow. I'm sure you guys follow him. Bucks improved to 5-0 in games decided by three points or fewer, only undefeated team in the league, and 18 wins against teams above 500 is tied for the most in the league. Again, I, as I just said, the Bucs have been, they haven't been healthy. They've not been healthy this season. And they have the most wins against winning teams this year tied with somebody else. He didn't include the other team. They're also 5-0 and in games, in one-score games. That's pretty fucking incredible, guys. That that type of stuff right there is going to matter in the spring and summer. The Bucs are playing really good in the clutch. They're playing really good against good teams. That means a lot. We should take a lot of stock in that. To me, that is a huge stat to kind of go back to and to look at. And will the Bucs lose a, game, a one-score game this season? Probably, right? They'll probably lose something dumb. Before the end of the year, it's kind of like the one score luck in football. At some point, you just lose one, right? And I'm not saying there's luck even. I'm just pointing out, like, you're not going to get, you're not going to probably win all of those games. But it's still very impressive. It shows how good the Bucks are in those clutch moments. And if there were lessons to be taken away from that Clippers-Bucks game, that is definitely one of them, is that the Bucks know what they're doing down the stretch. And I think they are as connected as a team in those final moments as anyone in basketball. And Wes Matthews was so, so good with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. He was all in their ass the entire fourth quarter. And Wes did a really, really good job. And Wes's sort of renaissance continues. The Wes-assance, I think I have called that on a podcast earlier this week. But we keep seeing it from Wes Matthews, right? We keep seeing Wes Matthews 
come up with big game after big game. And it's it's been really fun to watch as someone who is a Marquette fan and Marquette's having such a good year to also see Wes Matthews find himself a little bit and, and find the fountain of youth has been great. Um, this is the best West has looked in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform in the second stint. And I think that has that cannot go unnoticed. And once Wes Matthews went into this game and there was less grace than Allen, the Bucks really thrived. And the Bucks shut down the run and things started to tighten up. Speaking of Grace and Allen, if the Bucks had lost this game, we would have started with this podcast talking about how the Clippers present similar problems as the Boston Celtics. They have two really good wings in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, just like the Celtics do with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And Grace Allen can't be out there. Grace Allen can't play. Like these are games where Grace Allen does not belong. And you could make a case Pat Content doesn't really either, but Pat Content's offense, his ability to run pick and rolls with Giannis, you have to you have to have Pat out there for a little while. But you need to make sure Pat has some help, whether it's Wes Matthews, whether it's Chris Middleton. That's that's kind of what you need with Pat Content. But yeah, it it's jarring how Grace how small Grace Allen looked in this game. He did not look like a guy that was a part of a championship roster. Now, could you find ways to get Grayson out there? Sure. I, if Chris Middleton's healthy and playing 30 to 35 minutes in this game, does Grayson Allen play a little bit better? Maybe, right? Maybe, you know, you kind of absolve some of that, but teams are going to go at Grayson Allen. And how, how can you combat that? I don't know if you can, right? It's kind of the Bobby Portis thing, 2021, where Brooklyn just would always assault Bobby defensively and you just, they just couldn't play him. They just could not play him against Brooklyn. Now he had some moments against Atlanta and he stepped up in that series and he was pretty good in the Phoenix series as well. And and so it's all, you know, he he was a team guy. He was all in on that. And maybe that's the same thing with Grayson. You know, maybe this series doesn't work out for him, but they play the Sixers. I, I mean, I don't know if Sixers are a great example, but you know, maybe they play Sixers in the round before and, and Grayson's actually beneficial or Cleveland and Grayson's beneficial or the Heat, right? May, there are going to be moments for Grayson Allen in the playoffs if the Bucs hold on to Grayson Allen. I do think they are. I don't think they're going to trade Grayson Allen. But I think you can see why Jay Crowder would really make this team better. I, I think that I, for a while, was like the Bucs are too slow uh, if they add Jay Crowder, because you have Joel Ingles, you have Wes Matthews, Crowder, all those guys are pretty plodding, right? They're not really that athletic. But that's, I think, what you're going to need in the playoffs, especially if you have the real chance of seeing the Celtics than the Clippers, which would be really hard for Milwaukee. Like that, to me, if we're starting to outline worst-case scenarios, going Clipper, going Celtics-Clippers would be right up there um, because – it's a similar matchup and it also too i i'll put up this hot take which i mean i probably i might rather play the celtics than i would the clippers i just think joe mazzola is gonna get absolutely washed in the postseason i he is not a good coach like i i, I don't think he's a good coach and maybe the talent alone will take him there but sometimes you need the coaching to as that extra step and I just think when the lights get bright, I don't know if Boston makes it out of round two. But I'll put it out there, okay? I realize it's February. 
that can change. Boston can make some deals. But I just, that coaching man, I, I just, I, I can't get there with him. And I know first-year guys like Ty Lue, for example, took over the Cavs job halfway through the year and then won the championship. But I think by all accounts, Ty Lue's a really good coach. And there, there was a Kevin Arnold last year called him the Bill Belichick of basketball, which is ridiculous. It should never, that, that term should never be uttered. We should never be using Bill, we should never be using Bill Belichick uh, with any coach, honestly. But I, I do think like, that's that might be too hot. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's it's too hot of a take. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna pull back that take after we saw the Clippers kind of get small in the fourth quarter, have really no offense in the fourth quarter. I think the Bucks would would do all right in a seven game series against the Clippers. I think they do all right against the Boston Celtics. Like I think if anything, the last two weeks have shown you is the Bucks are are the top team in the in the NBA, and I know they beat up on bad opponents. They didn't come in, they don't give up against the Clippers, and they pull that game out. So to close on the Clippers, and then we'll do a quick Golden Kegs. Great win. Uh, one of those ones you'll remember at the end of the year. Definitely worth the the memories of. And it'll be excited to play them next week. I will hopefully the Bucks, everybody plays. I mean, it will be a back to back for the Bucks. It is in the same city, so you hope maybe. You get a full squad. Maybe Middleton takes a night off or Joe Ingles or something like that. But hopefully we get everybody playing in that game and we can just run back again at the Crypto Center. I think it's called Crypto Center next week in Los Angeles. Quick Golden Kegs before we move on to Marquette. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with Golden Kegs, it is the best and worst from the Bucks and Clippers game or from any of the Bucks games. Uh, three kegs being the best, one keg being the worst. Think you guys are gonna know where I'm going with three kegs. Giannis on the Kumbo, of course. 54 points, 19 rebounds, and offside. We talked a lot about Giannis, right? We also talked a lot about Wes Matthews. Uh, he's my two keg winner. Uh, the stat line doesn't matter. It's just the defense. Uh, Wes Matthews was so good defensively down the stretch in this this game, and I really hope that the Bucks kind of find it. He, I think he has a role here. I'm, I'm not gonna even say that I hope that they find a role for him. They have. He does have a role here. I think what I am curious on is how will the Bucks keep him healthy? How will the Bucks make sure that he's kind of load managed a little bit? Because I do think if you can keep him fresh, kind of what they did with PJ Tucker, right? Where you can kind of keep him in the cryo chamber and maybe not have as many minutes on him and the workload isn't as severe. I think it's gonna really pay off in the postseason. I do think that if you added a Jay Crowder, that would help kind of alleviate some of those hard minutes for Wes. Uh, but yes, Wes Matthews is really, really solid right now for the Bucks and a vital part of what Milwaukee does, especially against those big wing teams like the Los Angeles Clippers. One keg goes to Grayson. Al not nope, it's Javon Carter. I had grass like uh, you. Know, everyone was ready to say, "Oh, Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen can't play." Yeah, Grayson Allen was terrible in this game. Um, but to me, it was Javon Carter. I, I felt like Javon Carter had so many head-scratching plays on both sides of the ball in this game. And I just, again, this is another example that Javon Carter can't do it against good teams. Like, I think when it's the Troy Pistons, when it's the Charlotte Hornets, when it's the Indiana Pacers, Javon Carter looks great out there. Javon Carter looks like he belongs in a, a rotation. But when it's a team like the Clippers tonight, it's like, just gets too big for him. The moment gets too big. He wants to contribute so fucking bad, but he tries too hard almost. 
And that's just what I saw out of Carter, and he gets a one keg for me. Bucks play Miami on Saturday. No rest for the wicked, right? Uh, and Miami's a team the Bucks have two losses against. So the Heat would win the season series. Not that I think that will matter between the Bucks and the Heat, um, but they will be getting down on Saturday. Should be a rowdy crowd. I don't know if people are going to do the back-to-back National Marquette Day and then Bucks Heat. There are a lot of Marquette fans who are Heat fans because of Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler um, who don't usually associate with the Bucks. I've, I've had some Marquette fans in my mentions when I trash the Heat. They're like, oh, that's Marquette's team. And while I appreciate Jimmy and I appreciate Dwayne Wade, of course, I, I, I'm Bucks fan first. Like that's just that's just how it goes. Uh, they they all have one, and it'll be interesting to see how Bam does against Giannis. Uh, Bam, one of the best defenders in the league. Bam defends Giannis pretty damn well. Um, he's been relatively successful, minus the playoff series where the Bucks swept them. Uh, we'll see how Giannis does. Um, this would be kind of a nice crowning achievement because you know Bam has had Giannis's number time to time. You're gonna need some other guys to step up, um, and you can't kind of have a game like this. I don't think the Heat are gonna allow Giannis to have 50. Uh, the Heat playing okay, uh, but this has been a long road trip for them. They'll be wrapping it up against the Bucks on Saturday. So we'll see where their motivation lies. I think they always like to beat the Bucks. I think they feel like they have the Bucks number or something along those lines. Tyler Hero always gives it to the Bucks in Milwaukee. Uh, just sort of this chip on his shoulder, I guess, because of the Wisconsin thing. Because everyone, you know, every Badger fan hates him, uh, who are also usually Bucks fans too. But it, which is also a weird thing in general, but we don't, we don't have time for that. That's not, we're, we don't need to make that a part of the podcast today. So we'll see what happens against the Heat. I'd like another big victory. That would be great. Um, it would be awesome to have a seven game winning streak heading out on the short West Coast trip uh, to Portland and then Los Angeles. But Heat are playing well. Blazers are playing well, and Lakers are kind of playing well. So a lot going on, good challenges for the Bucks in the upcoming week, and I'm excited to see them take it on, and a lot of a lot of chances for some attention nationally. Hopefully they get a lot of pub today. Moving on to the Marquette Golden Eagles, National Marquette Day is Saturday. It's going to run back uh, the thing we did in keg jams last week uh, for my new Marquette fans. And I decided not to. Uh, I listened to it. I was like, ah, it's not. I thought it was a little longer for some reason. Um, But basically, uh, if you can go back and listen to that, we did that last Wednesday. Uh, Shannon was like, hey, don't be a dick. Basically, was it. A lot of issues with the service industry in National Marquette Day. So maybe let's prove them wrong. You know, Marquette's been proven wrong all year. Let's prove them wrong in that category too. But more importantly, the game itself, Marquette takes on Butler. Uh, Butler is one of the worst teams in the Big East this season. They rival DePaul as well as Georgetown. Uh, DePaul, Butler has been really, really bad on the road. They have some horrific road losses. That said, Marquette needs to keep their composure, right? Marquette needs to make sure that they they hold everything in front of them because the crowd's going to be absurd. It is going to be an absolutely electric atmosphere. They're projected to win by 15 points per Ken Palm uh, today. But yeah, Butler, the wheels have really fallen off since beating Villanova. They lost by... 20 at home to Creighton. Then they went on the road to Connecticut. They lost by 30. They then lost by 21 to Providence. Then they lost again by 21 to Seton Hall. They have been getting absolutely wiped 
So this game matters a whole hell of a lot. And Marquette needs needs to bring it home. But as noted, the composure needs to be there because there's just a lot happening. This is their homecoming, right? This is That's what National Marquette Day is. It's a very special day. Um, I didn't take it as seriously as a Marquette fan until I, I started dating now my wife. Um, and it's, it's just a huge deal for the alumni. It's a huge deal for like NIL stuff and just people getting together. There are watch parties across the country, across the world. It, Marquette is a global brand and this is, the, this is the type of game for that. So getting a chance to beat up on a Butler team that's not very good is advantageous for the Golden Eagles. And they just need to make sure that they take care of business and don't play with their food. Um, because obviously this type of loss would kind of deflate, you know, the balloon. And also, too, they, I, I guess the positive here uh, with this Butler game is that it, there's really no chance for a look-ahead spot. They play Connecticut on Tuesday night. It's going to be a big game. It's quite the week uh, for Wisconsin sports next week. Uh, but there's no, there's no opportunity to look ahead again to play UConn, who looked kind of more like themselves against DePaul. I realize it's DePaul, but... They took care of business on the road, and I think that matters. And we'll see we'll see what Connecticut does this weekend. But that's that's a big game. That's game. That's a game that it's going to be hot. You know, in Hartford, they only play Georgetown this weekend. They they'll have no problem there. But yes, Marquette cannot play with their food. They just cannot play with their food. They need to take care of business against Butler. And I, I what I'm paying kind of close attention to number one is just the continued play of Tyler Kolick. It has been absolutely ridiculous. He's made a he's made a significant case for a Big East player of the year. I mean, the numbers have been flat out silly for the last few games. Kolick has had one, two, three, four K Ken Palm MVPs in his last seven. Uh, he had 20 points in the game against Villanova along with five rebounds and six assists. He had the near triple-double against DePaul. He, probably Seton Hall was the worst game out of that. He had 19 against Providence. He also had six rebounds, six assists. The guy, uh, to watch him rebound is so fun. I know everyone talks about the assists, right? And it's fun. And like he, he makes some great passes. Jeff Levering compared him to Jason Williams, which is high praise to get compared to Jason Williams. And he's very good. But I do really like his rebounding because he always seems to have a knack for the ball. He always seems to find the basketball and be there when it matters and get in, get in and make those tough plays. The grit is sort of driven. The genesis of the grit of Marquette is basically Shaka Smart and Tyler Kolick. I think other guys have the grit too. And Marquette wouldn't be where they are today if they, didn't, if they weren't a gritty bunch. But I do think a lot of it comes from Tyler Kolick. I do think Shaka Smart plays a role in that as well. Other things kind of keeping an eye on, I, I just, maybe Sean Jones comes back, maybe he doesn't. I don't think Sean Jones is, you know, Marquette's not going to be in a bad spot if Sean Jones doesn't play in this basketball game. Uh, you'd love to have a full roster also too as a freshman for Sean Jones to have the experience of a national Marquette day. I think is is really fun and really really sort of cool for him to get that experience and that's definitely something 
pay attention to or to keep an eye out for if he's able to go. Um, I also think, like, if he's hurt for another game, we kind of need an answer. Like, is this now a two- or three-week injury, or will he be back? You could also make a case, given the fact they have three really tough games coming up in their next four, that having a guy like Sean Jones fully healthy is maybe more important than facing off, than having him for this game against Butler. The only last thing I would say on Butler is I, I do think they're going to come out with a little bit of fury. I feel like after the pounding that Seton Hall gave them, you have to think they come out with a little little bit of piss and vinegar. Um, Manny Bates was really bad in that game. I mean, everybody was. They have they have some guys. That's that's kind of the crazy thing about Butler is they have some guys on that team. Like Chuck Harris is a good player. Manny Bates, uh, Seamus, Lucius. Uh, I think he had a pretty good game against Marquette last year. Like they have some dudes, so I'll be really curious to see why why Butler is so bad. Like why it just isn't working right now. I mean, if you look at it just from a like purely Ken Palm angle, the defense, the offense is terrible. Their offensive efficiency is eighty nine point eight. It's the worst in the Big East. It's eleventh. They also can't shoot inside the arc. They're not very good outside the arc. The only thing that they're they're actually good at is not turning the ball over. Um, they're third in the Big East when it comes to not turning the ball over. Marquette, obviously the top team in turning over. They also allow a lot of points inside the arc. Marquette, best team in, in the Big East in terms of two-point percentage. Butler, one of the worst at nine. They're also defense is ninth. They're at 108 over 100 facing off against the most efficient team in the country seems like a recipe for disaster if if it weren't for me i do think marquette's gonna win this game by a lot i feel pretty good i don't know where the spread will lie i would bet if i had to guess a line uh because they don't have the lines out until friday i'm betting you're gonna get marquette at minus 13. uh ken palm's been kind of against butler so i would be surprised if it's at 15. I probably will still play it just for the vibes because I'll be there. I'll be in the building. But it's it's one that'll be be interesting uh, to see where it all nets out. But yes, that'll do it for today's show. Um, not too much more. Sorry if you heard the clanging around in the background. My dog is just, I don't know, uh, we're having a night with her. Uh, she's a nocturnal pup and she's showing off her nocturnal nature. So I apologize for that. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with Murph. Uh, Murph and I are going to talk Super Bowl props. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about Rodgers. I'm sure maybe some LeBron stuff too. He's a big LeBron guy. So maybe we'll talk about LeBron and the idea of Milwaukee having the game for LeBron to bake the record, um, whether that matters, whether that's important. I saw a good take on it, but I will save it. I will save it for uh, Mr. Murphy when we talk on Monday's show. So stay tuned for that. All right, we'll see you. You have a good weekend if you're out for National Marquette Day. And I'll try to, I'm never, I'm never good at this. I'm never good at this. But I'll, I'll try to at least document Instagram stories why it's happening at Sports where I'm located. Um, so if you want to meet up, want to have a beer, I will certainly pay. Um, and we can talk. Talk about Marquette. Talk about the Bucks. Talk about Packers, what Rodgers will do. Anything, man. I, I, I always appreciate support. Um, and you guys are the ones that keep me going. All right. Take care of yourself. Have a good Friday. Uh, we'll see you one day and don't be dick. All right. Everybody nice on National Marquette Day. Can we do that? All right. See you guys. Bye.